755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic. I'm with Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever out in smoky, fiery Seattle. What's up out there, Eric? Man, did, did you see the highlights from the Mariners game yesterday? Oh, man. Yeah, was, uh, I heard p- people were like, why didn't they shut the roof? I'm like, it doesn't matter if you shut the roof there. The sides are yeah. still open. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked bad. I, I've, you know, I watched the highlights and you could tell, I think a lot of guys were pretty unhappy playing in it, but it just, yeah. you could see the smoke on TV. I'd never seen it that bad. Yeah, because it was a way over 200, I think, when the game started. Yeah. The, the level of, it's unhealthy, man. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I was doing some work outside yesterday. I've been having like a, you know, my voice is kind of raspy, coughing a lot. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's, I think it's supposed to stick around for another week or at least the end of the week. Yeah. It sucks. Good. We're getting the remnants of, uh, well, the, the first bands of the very outer edge of the hurricane that's, uh, the tropical storm slash hurricane that's hitting Louisiana, the latest one. We're getting that, and it's going to be, and and it's moving so slow that once it gets here, it's going to be here like four days of rain. Mm. So it's a good thing the Braves are not playing here this weekend. Yeah, they get. I mean, you get enough rain delays in Atlanta. Yeah. So lots going on with the Braves, and before we get started with the the team where they are, it was a pretty grim day today at the uh, Braves headquarters. Man, a lot of pay, a lot of uh, slash jobs. I'm told over 65, about between 65 and 70 jobs on the baseball and business sides. People were told they're not going to have their contracts renewed when they're up December 31st. You and think teams is, are worried that there's still going to be, you know, a lot of restrictions COVID-wise in the spring too? You know, they're not going to need that personnel as much? I think it's that. Plus, you know, obviously they're eliminating three teams, yeah. minor league yeah. teams. So, uh, and scouting, I think they figure – They'll hire scouts when they need them again, you know? Yeah. But they're not going to carry them in the winter. Yeah, oh, that's uh, what I was wondering, you know, if, if they kind of told people, you know, when things get back to normal, you maybe, you know, we'd have a job for you or if it was just, you know, just straight yeah. fired. Yeah, pretty much straight fired. But, you know, a lot of teams have already done it. And, and some of the yeah. teams were oh, – their, their their contracts only ran through October 31st. So in that regard, the Braves employees are a little bit better off. At least they got through December 31st with insurance, benefits, all that. But, I mean, there's no there's no spinning it. It's bad, man. I mean, you know, this, this team, this franchise is kind of unique in that they lost $200 million in revenue for that first, second quarter – because the baseball revenues dried up almost completely. And they also lose money on the battery, which is kind of yeah. unique because they're relying on that battery. And nobody could have envisioned what a pandemic would do, not just to the team on the field and the revenues of, you know, losing tickets and all that, but also to the to the battery. Places yeah. closing, people not paying rent, all kinds of things over there. So that also hurt them. So – yeah, I know the Cubs are the Cubs are in a similar uh, situation yeah. with with their all their land around Wrigley and everything. That uh, I was talking to David Ross when I was um, when all the stuff was going on. And teams were saying how much money they were going to lose, and I was mm-hmm. asking him, you know, like, is this legit? You know, what are you hearing and stuff? And he said, yeah, like they're getting crushed because uh, so much of their revenue comes from all the, all the stuff around the ballpark and attendance. Right. I mean, it's right. it's easy to to criticize teams for not spending money most of the time, but right, right. now, I mean it. Yeah, this legit. Yeah. It sucks, but it's, it seems legit. It is uh Yeah, the Cubs, uh, you know, they they've spent the last 4 or 5 years totally renovating Wrigley, yep. so they've pumped a lot, hundreds of millions of their own dollars into that. So, and with the understanding that they were going to get a lot of it back from all the stuff they have they've built that's connected to the stadium, you know, and all that. So, that's dried up right now like the like much of the battery is, so. Yeah. Um Anyway, on the field, the Braves have gone through a few of the strangest weeks. For one, I've never seen a Braves offense as good as this one, ever. Ever. <laughs> and I saw some pretty damn good ones back when Chipper and Javi was having his career year and Andrew Jones had his 51-homer year, I think it was. You know, there was some damn good ones, but never a lineup that went one through nine like this one. When you, no. when you can look at the Braves having the top three RBI men in the majors for the month of September, that's just crazy. But they do. They have one, two, and three. 
Yeah, guys I, I had 60 remember. ribbies in the first 13 games. Three guys. You ever remember looking at a lineup and seeing three guys with an OPS over yeah. 1,000? Yeah, that's right. They had they had three of the top five OPSs for the yeah. month. Yeah. For the year, obviously, Freddie is leading leading the majors again now. Yeah, I mean, ahead of Mike Trout. And but, thank God, because it's it's been rough with the pitching. Yeah. You know, they've been able to offset pitching, which normally having that kind of starting pitching, this team would be where the Nationals are right now. If, yeah. if they weren't getting this kind of juggernaut offense and if the bullpen wasn't so damn good. And you know what I was thinking? It sure is a good thing that they, like, a couple of moves they made were like, really, why would you bring, uh, you know, why did you re-sign Chris Martin when you're going to get, or, or why would you uh, re-sign Chris Martin when you're going to get Will Smith? And why would you bring back O'Day when you get, you know, well, they've needed all those guys because <laughs> yeah. Will Smith was hurt and he hadn't been the same guy since he got back. He's given up so many solo homers, like six of them in nine appearances, I think, or ten appearances. Uh, Luke Jackson hasn't been the same guy. He had a bad inning last night. His ERA is over six, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so you know, people were talking about will they will they uh, tender Shane Green? You know, will they take him to arbitration or will they non-tender him? Well, it's a good thing that, like I said, they kept all those guys because they've needed them. I mean, Shane Green has been huge, and AJ Minter's been huge. And if he hadn't had his bounce back year, this bullpen wouldn't be nearly as good as it is. Yeah, and I don't, you know, I think that's part of the thinking too. When you kept bringing guys back to the pen, was you you really didn't know you were going to get this out of guys like Matzik and and yeah. maybe you weren't sure Luke could back up the year he had last year, and um, uh, you know, what's the Matzik was what, total. I mean, Matzik, yeah, what, I mean, he's been a huge surprise. But all the guys, you know, it you could never have too deep of a bullpen, and I don't think they anticipated being this in this big of a hole with starting pitching, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, it's not how you build a team is, is bullpen and offense normally, but it, it, it's been a, a game saver for the team. And a good thing is as, as rough as it's been, because they've had, they've had over uh what 25% of their starts have been three innings or less. I mean, that's crazy, but it's they impossible. have survived it. <laughs> and now you've turned a corner in, in what you hope you have in that you're going to get, Cole Hamill's back tomorrow, makes, finally makes his long-awaited season debut and Braves debut with a start at Baltimore. And then you're going to get Max Freed back, and he's pitching. He's fine. His side is fine. He's been throwing, throwing off the mound, doing everything normal. So you get him back Friday after the off day Thursday. So And then on top of that, you had Kyle Wright finally have the breakthrough game and get his first win and have the, the type of performance the other day that the Braves have been waiting for. So if you can count on him, you know, if he can just produce that, reproduce that outing. Well, and that's the thing is you haven't been asking him to go seven shutout. No. You know, it's, no. it's been just hoping you get three or four, and even that's been – that hasn't happened sometimes. And, um, and and then Ian Anderson has been terrific in three of his nasty. first four starts. So you, now all of a sudden you go from having one starter, Max Freed, and then a bunch of question marks to having – you put you could have four at the end of this week – and you've only got uh, 12 games left. And after the off day, Thursday, you would only need – you could have those four starters cover all but like one game. You could do a bullpen yeah. game on that day. Uh, so, and most importantly, you could have it four starters going in the postseason because with the schedules that were released today, you're going to have to have four. And that might even not be enough because there's not going to be any off days in the division series and the LCS which is a first, obviously, because they're going to be played in a bubble. You're going to play five straight days in a division series, seven straight if they go the distance in the in the LCS. So you're not going to be able to do that, get by with three starters like you've been able to with travel days and guys going on short rest in the past. You're going to have to have at least four. And even then, one guy's going to have to go on short rest if you go four. Yeah, I mean, when I saw that, I thought, you know, from entertainment standpoint, it's good because a lot of times you get into the playoffs and if a team's out early, there's days with no baseball. Uh-huh. Um, but so there'll be there'll be games every day. Um, but when I saw it, I, I, I thought it's going to hurt the Braves. Um, you know, if they get everybody back and the guys are pitching well, they're fine. But yeah, having to comes back all of a sudden, you need you need at least three or four good starters. And, and probably, I mean, somebody in that five spots going to have to pitch, too, especially when you get deeper in the playoffs. Well, they're you hoping that's back on short rest. Yeah. How's he he's looking? Made, he's made progress. 
Uh, he's obviously not ready yet because he'd be up here if he was instead of starting, you know, what tonight. But he made uh, his last outings a couple of days ago at Gwinnett. Uh, the important thing is he's gained weight and he's gained velo. Now he's not back where he needs to be yet, but he's at least there's a hope that he will be by you know be able to start him once that last week. Um, you know, you got to take a look at least right once or twice. You got to maybe next week. You know, you got to go at least once or twice if you're going to plan on starting him in the postseason. But uh, you know, obviously they're not going to do it with Tucker Davidson, a rookie at this point. You're not going to thrust him into that. And Nuke, they haven't really mentioned much at all. I mean, he's just not making the kind of progress. So I, I don't. They brought him back as a reliever. He was here for a couple of days, didn't even get the game. So he's obviously not going to be a guy they'd count on to start. So really, I, I think it's faulty or, or bust as far as the number five. And then you hope the other four guys stay healthy. Yeah, you got to at least take you know give Fulte a start or two just because with his potential, you know, he could really yeah. help you. And you got to. I feel like you have to see where he's at. Right. Get him out there for one or two. Yeah, and if you don't, then you end up in the in the postseason doing what a couple teams did last year. Anyway, you go a bullpen game, you know, with yeah. like you know, it goes, and they've had some really good games, you know, doing that so far. But you'd have to do that in postseason at least once or twice because you're not going to bring these guys yeah. that have had health issues or these young guys that have never done it before. You're not going to bring them back on short rests. And Hamels has been out all year. I mean, he's a guy that obviously could bitch on short rests under normal situations, but not when he's using this two regular season starts to even build up. He's at 43 pitches now in yeah. his last outing at Gwinnett. He's going to try to go like 15 more in his first outing and then 15 more in a second one and get up to 90 in his last – make three starts, regular season starts. He should be able to do. So what are the rosters? Have they said the roster um, sizes for the playoffs? I think it's going to be – I think 28, but I haven't heard that yet. I have to uh, look at that. With all the games being played that short, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there was an extra spot to. or two. Because a bullpen game, even you know, normally in the playoffs, you can bank on days off and stuff. You can pull off a bullpen game, but right. if you get to the point where you have seven in a row and, and a bad start or two, it's going to be hard to pull off a bullpen game too. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how you can play twenty eight players all year and then cut back to twenty six for a yeah. postseason when you're not going to have travel days. Right. So, um. A couple of the, that they will not have to count on are, and fans will not have to watch uh, for the rest of the year are Tuki Dusant and Robbie Erlin. Robbie Erlin was was DFA'd and released. It just didn't work out with him after he came over from the Pirates. And then Tuki Dusant, they have stuck with him, uh, giving him so many chances, just like Kyle Wright. You know, Tuki's gotten even more chances, but it, he just has not had the breakthrough that they're waiting for. And he keeps having frustrating outings like he had last night when he just buried the Braves in the Second inning, they have a nine-run inning. They spot the Orioles, who had scored like nine runs in their previous five games, I think it was, and they get nine runs in the, in the second inning against uh, Tucson, and then Luke Jackson came in and fanned the flames more. So, yeah, well, inning. I will uh, – you know, it's tough for – Luke's biggest strength last year was throwing stuff like a 2-0 or 3-0 slider. Uh-huh. and. It's really hard to do that when you're down seven in the second or third inning. Yeah. Not just because it's – it's. I don't think it's looked at as Bush anymore, you know, like pitching for your numbers. But it's hard to do that too because you come in that game and, and you know you're trying to at least eat a couple innings. So if you go 2-0 or 3-0 and throw a slider and, and wind up walking guys on those type of pitches, mm. uh, it's it's just a riskier move. But when he's doing that in the ninth, I think it threw a lot of guys off last year. Not to mention, you know, everybody knows his go-to is a slider now anyway, so they're probably hunting it. But he hasn't – he's had a rough year. Um, but with Tukey, man, I just feel like there's there's deception lacking. I look at his front side. It's real low, and he, he kind of falls off toward third base, and his head uh-huh. pulls that way – or toward first base, and his head pulls that way too. I think he just shows the ball really early. Because you look at his stuff, you know, he's got – got a good fastball he's got good off speed um his curveball is good and and then he goes out there and he gets hit um Mm -hmm. or walks guys or both yeah yeah well it's but you know losing deception you don't get bad swings at balls either Mm -hmm. you you don't get as many chases because they see the ball longer um for like when you watch ian anderson that's why i was so big on him when he first came up that high front side and his direction like everything going straight to his target Mm -hmm. um his ball you'll see him even when he misses when he misses it, 94 right down the middle it gets fouled off that just tells me they're not they're not seeing the ball mm-hmm. and with Tukey it, it feels like every single mistake he makes just gets crushed yeah. like he doesn't get away with a single bad pitch 
That's what Snit said. Yeah, he just doesn't get him back. Makes a bad yeah. pitch, and he doesn't get it back. Yeah, and that's you know if when you when you listen to hitters talk when they come back to the dugout, they never come back to the dugout and they just say, "Man, the ball's just too fast." Mm-hmm. You know, if it's if it's a Roldis Chapman or somebody, they might, but especially with everybody throwing 95, 96 now, the velocity, it's just not enough to throw 95. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the thing that they will say is that their ball just gets on you or I can't pick it up or I can't see it or or it's sneaky, right, right. you know. You hear those type of things. And yep. even even coming up through the minor leagues, there'll be a guy like Buddy Carlisle pitching in the big leagues, yeah. right? And yeah. everybody on that double-A or triple-A staff thinks they're better than him. And they're watching him and they're watching a guy that's throwing 89 and getting outs in the big leagues and thinking, I can do that. Meanwhile, they go out that night and they get shelled in double A. But what they don't, what you can't tell on TV and, and you don't know until you talk to hitters is that Buddy Carlisle, a guy like that, has a really sneaky fastball that plays up and the hitters don't see it well. He's got really good spin on it. Those little things, you know, that they make a difference where the hitters just miss pitches. And when I watched Tukey, you know, his mechanics won. And then obviously the swings that, that they put on every mistake he makes seems like he's just got, he's just lacking in the deception department. Given all that's happened, I think the Braves would, if you'd have told them they were going to be with 12 games left in this 60 game season, they're going to be 28 and 20. And they had won four out of the last five before that 13, 14 to one loss last night. Four out of five and just crushing the ball. I mean, the the highest scoring team in the majors above the ahead of the Dodgers. The home runs are right there. They've hit more in home runs than anybody by far in the last three or four weeks. I mean, they're just they're getting two, three home runs averaging a game. And they're having games where they hit four or five home runs. Seven, the one. But uh it's been it's it, offensively, they're just relentless, man. And yeah. now you have Ozzy Albies back, and that lineup now is, you know. It's a nightmare, it. especially, you know, it's almost cruel the way it lines up with Acuna and Freddie, one-two punch, you know, to start yeah. the game and off. and that's what Snit's loving, having Acuna, yeah. Freddie, and Ozuna face a, face a pitcher in the first inning. Yeah, so Pitcher sucks. comes out, <laughs> and pitcher just has to be focused from pitch one. He can't even catch his breath, and he's rattled. Yeah, that's what we were talking about last week when we were talking. There's no more Chon Fagans just slapping a single to right when you make a mistake. Yeah, Cunha will take you deep, and then you got to deal with Freddie, who's leading the league in the RBIs, uh, and Ozuna. I, he's the guy I saw in Miami. I've never seen him. I've never seen him better than this. But yeah. that's that's kind of who I who I thought of with the bat speed and being able to hit hit homers at every field. Uh, but yeah, that's a nightmare for a starting pitcher. And then you've got the guy behind Ozuna who had two three run home three. Homer games in a span of eight days, Duvall, yep. who's yep. as hot as anybody, power-wise. So, pretty relentless. It's uh, So, they were tied with the Cubs for third-best record in the NL behind just the Dodgers and the Padres. And the Padres, man, the way they're going, they're only a game and a half behind the Dodgers now. Padres won nine out of ten, man. That's a team. They're good. They're yeah. good. And and you could tell they're a unit too, which is, I, I think uh, a lot of guys give Hosmer credit for that. You know, the, mm-hmm. the teammate he is and stuff, but um, Tatis, man, Tatis is just on another level. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he's more valuable than Freddie or not. We've talked about that, how the war doesn't really calculate. He's ahead of him stat wise, but right. Um, man, that his defense, I, I think is pretty damn good, but his bat, man, being able to hit homers the opposite field. Um, he's a stud. And he's not, and it's it's one of those swings too that you don't teach. Nope. I mean, he does some things wrong, but man, being as fluid and athletic as he is, he gets away with it. Yeah. Well, he turns his hips, and but man, he's he's explosive. But yeah, he's well, a to helper. be able to hit opposite field homers at, at Petco, you know, yeah. not a, I know the yeah. balls are flying, but just the the home runs he's hitting are pretty convincing being able to do that take an outside pitch down the right field line at Petco you'd used to see lefties get all of it and it'd go to the warning track yeah and he's not a big dude no and he's a gold glove caliber defender man yeah he's got a cannon yeah they're good they're a fun team to watch that that's going to be fun if they get matched up in the playoffs that'll be a fun series to watch can you believe that Machado just gets completely overlooked on that team now with Tatis <laughs> I mean, it's no. crazy. Machado, that contract, people forgot all about him. <laughs> yeah. It's probably it's probably nice. Actually, I don't know. I don't know his personality, but for a lot of guys, that'd be nice. Man, to go to San Diego, first of all, and not have any pressure, and then to have Tatis, 
that's like heaven for that contract. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. him and Trout both are living out there. And it's like in the shadow of the Dodgers. It's like no pressure. Yeah, they got, so, they're starting to heat their rivalry up, though. They had some yeah. uh, they had some smack talk yesterday. The Dodgers could have uh, rivals to the to the north of them, rivals to the south. Yep. Here I am, stuck in the middle with the Padres and the Giants. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the Angels. Yeah, we'll see. The Angels, every year you think, okay, this is the year the Angels are really going to go for it. And every year they have an injury like the Mets do, or two, three. Yeah, but even then, you know, look at the injuries the Braves have had this year, and look what. You, I know. At some point, it, it comes down to the players to find a way to win. I mean, yep. losing Soroka hurts, and they're still in first place. I mean, they're doing it the most unconventional way possible. I, mean, I think it's good. It's a it's a short season because I don't yeah. know if the offense could keep this up. You look at what the offense did. They were without Ozzy Albies for five weeks, man. Yeah, I mean, he was huge matter. to this line yep. lineup last year. They were without uh, Freddie for a while. They were without Acuna twice. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, no, nothing's mattered. First week they went that first road trip, the first uh, two cities that were without their two catchers. <laughs> yeah, it just hadn't slowed them down. Freddie had a home run last night. That was about it. That was Monday night. That was the all they had to recommend offensively. But he kept his uh, on-base streak alive. He's at 30 games at that thing. Um, but how about the numbers for the previous 15 games? I wrote those down. The Braves, before, they just got five total hits and one run off uh, Jorge Lopez and two relievers last night. But before that, for 15 games, they hit exactly 300 while averaging 8.1 runs. They won 10 of those 15 games, blasted opposing pitchers with 70 extra base hits in 15 games, including 33 homers, a 393 OBP, and a 957 OPS. Team OPS for 15 games, dude. 957. It's insane. It, That's like AL numbers during the steroid era. I've never seen an offense, and it's fun to watch too. That's the cool thing. It's, it is, and you know, there it's probably refreshing for fans to just see a different brand of baseball. I know the DH has helped too, but um, yeah. just getting to watch a team, especially when you're down five and you know this team's coming back because they do it almost every time. Last mm-hmm. night it didn't feel like they were coming back, especially you know once that inning blew up, but. Almost every game, you know, you never have to turn the TV off because they could put up a four spot and then they'll put up a two spot. And then yep. then all of a sudden they, they score a couple more in their head. And they've just done it so many times. It's it's hard to say it's not a thing, you know, that that's just their identity. Yep. But, I, you know, I don't know how long you can keep that up. They don't really have to. You know, once you get to the playoffs, you 12 more games, they could do it, I'm sure. But it would really be a shame if they got the postseason and like last year all of a sudden they didn't start scoring because they are leading the majors in scoring 5.8 runs a game leading the majors in OPS 829 and they're second to the Dodgers in home runs 83 and 42 games that's two homers a game man I was wondering if they're just watching home run. you know if you look at the highlights around the league I feel like I've never seen this many home runs hit before but it was the same it's it's about the same rate as last year I know, but it feels like because the Braves are hitting so many more than they have. Yeah, yeah. They're on pace to hit. They're going to hit more home runs than they hit an entire season in 2015. (laughs) Damn. Isn't that crazy? Are you sure about that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they were last in the majors two years in a row in home runs. Last. It's a a different mix. Look it up. Guys, we're going to pause to hear from one of today's partners, Liquid IV. Coming at you. This is the Athletic Shield Kapadia here to tell you about Liquid IV. Nobody likes to feel dehydrated. Maybe you get a little bit of a headache, dry mouth. You just don't feel like yourself. But believe it or not, dehydration still occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. Maybe you use it after a really intense workout. Maybe you went out socially distanced with friends and had a couple extra beers the night before. That's where Liquid IV comes in. 
It is healthier than those sugary sports drinks, no artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. Plus, it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. And Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. Liquid IV is donating 3.7 million servings in response to COVID-19. Products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, and active military. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. So that offense and a strong bullpen have have more than offset a rotation that is one of baseball's worst, at least so far. 6.09 rotation ERA. High, it's the highest in the league in the NL, third highest in the majors. Uh, bettered only, it's better than only the Boston and Detroit rotations, and both those teams suck. Uh, Detroit's not that bad, but. Yeah, well, I mean, there's <laughs> only one way to be winning right now, and they're doing it exactly that way. Yeah, but man, you had you had a few starters and and uh, get a little more balance and, and stay healthy. Teams got this team is capable of doing of doing plenty in the postseason. You know? Yeah, yeah. They especially get the postseason, if, lose if that first round. Well, yeah. I mean that. I think so much of it depends on that, and obviously Freed coming back healthy, and I mean, still big question marks. You know, uh, Anderson obviously has to do it. He's done it three out of four starts. Uh, can Kyle Wright do it again and again? Because he's only done it really once or twice. But, yeah, even those three, you know, those three, if you if you have those three, the offense and the bullpen that you have, there's, yeah. I'll take them against anybody. Yeah. Man, it would be such a disappointment if they got in the uh, postseason and lost in that first round before the division series in the additional round. Who are they matching up against right now? You know, it's changed like three times in the last week. It was Cardinals, and it was Marlins, and it was Phillies. I think it's still Phillies, but I haven't even looked. Give me anybody but the Cardinals, just yeah. just because. I I'm, think it will be. <laughs> they just um, find a way. So they'll start Inoa again. Oscar Inoa starts again tonight, basically a glorified opener. And that's gone well a couple of times and not so well a couple of times. And then they move on to the big one. They anticipate the highly anticipated Cole Hamill start on Wednesday. So I'm looking forward to seeing that one. But, you know, they're going to really be able to take stock in what they've got once they get past tonight, you know, and really see what they're capable of doing. But I could see where they're encouraged. I mean, then you got Friday, you got Freed coming back. 6 0, 198 ERA and nine starts. And I, you know, as much as you hated seeing Freed's Cy Young chances kind of go by the wayside with the, because all it takes is one IL stint in this yeah. short season to ruin it, you know, one bad start or an IL stint. But you almost feel like it could benefit him because I think he's going to be, because the last couple of starts he made, he's yeah. still good, but he wasn't as dominant as he had been. So you, you think maybe, and it wasn't an arm issue, so maybe he can come back and be as fresh as he was at the start, you know, going down these last week and a half in the postseason. Yeah, I don't think it. You, they weathered the storm, and then you get him back, and mm-hmm. he's had a little. It it never hurts your arm to have a few weeks off, mm-hmm. especially from high intensity, you know, stressful major league games. It doesn't it doesn't hurt you at all to just get a little breather. And it was starting to look like maybe he could use one. Um, yeah, I mean, it could have just been a rough couple, you know, starts. But um, the main thing is just if he comes back and looks good, and Hamels looks good, um, Anderson keeps doing what he's doing. Yeah, filling one spot in the postseason is not a big deal because if if I don't know who can beat this team if Freed's throwing well and the offense is doing what it's doing and the bullpen's been consistent all year. Yeah, Kyle Wright's only one and four with a seven two zero ERA and six starts. But if you watched him the other day on Sunday, you saw why the Braves have really stuck with him because he's a power arm, high intellect, uh, big, a perfect pitcher's body. Uh, Good, nice breaking balls. I mean, he's got it all. It's just a matter of putting it together. And the other night, he, the Sunday afternoon, he looked good and got out of a couple of jams, worked with confidence. You know, Snitz told him, Snitz told him a hundred times, like, dude, you don't, you don't have to take a backseat to anybody. Your stuff is as good as yeah. anybody. And he outpitched Scherzer Sunday. Yeah. Well, you know, for, for me watching him, 
like I say with Tukey, when I watch Tukey, there's there's something lacking. That, you know, it's that he's getting hit. The stuff's uh-huh. not there. Something's going on. But with Kyle, I felt like it's been mental because you've seen you've seen him put together a two or three inning stretch where he looks dominant, and then it's just that one bad inning, and he's he's not able to turn it around after that. Uh, it was good to see him kind of get out of some jams and work through some stuff, and finally put together that first start uh, and get his first win. Um, but with him, yeah, I think, you know, it's a mental thing that it, it just getting used to the league and maturing and, and figuring out what he has to do and, and putting it all together. Uh, he's, he's definitely got the potential. His fastball gets on guys. He's got a good breaking ball. He's got that big pitcher's body throws it at, most of the time. You know, I mean, he's, he, he looks like he's beating him with his fastball. I see, I see some of those foul balls I'm talking about when he does make mistakes that don't get hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it would just be that bad inning, you know, we start, you know, walk a couple guys and then make one bad pitch that gets hit. Uh, and and not be able to recover it, it would kind of s- snowball on him um if if he does it again you know i'd feel pretty confident but at the same time it's it, it's tough just getting excited about anybody that any of these guys that have continued to struggle you know i understand it from a fan standpoint not getting too excited until you see it three four or five times and yeah. there's not time for that but just a couple more good starts you'd feel pretty good going to playoffs speaking of fouling balls off how about what the Braves did to Scherzer again? It's like through his last four starts against him, his ERA is over six. Yeah, they they wear out good pitching a lot in the last few years, more so than most teams do. Sure, they still get it shoved up their butts occasionally by a good pitcher, but for the most part, they they have some of their best games against the good pitchers, and then don't come up big against the unknown young guys. You know, but a guy yeah. like Scherzer and a guy like Degrom, they've had some big games against those guys. I think they lock in again. You know, they're they're this is a team that's always up for the challenge. They lock in against those big time pitchers, and and they want to prove they can beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that that's the thing is, it's not like they're putting up twelve runs off the number five. They're beating up everybody, and, and they're beating up really good pitching, and that that's what makes you feel good going in the postseason. Is they if they can go head to head with a guy like Garrett Cole, put up four or five on him. Um, what team? What team can you throw at them that that they can't hit? And and you're not even going to see those guys. The guys they do seem to struggle with are the unknowns. You're not going to see those guys in the playoffs. So it's it's exactly. just it speaks to that team's mentality that they just they have the ability to rise to the occasion and they can hit anybody and they wear pitchers down and right. and that's that's part of it too is there's just no breaks. It's there's never a break of is the you know the worst case scenario is I give up a single to this guy. Every yeah. single guy can do damage. So you know as a starting pitcher you have to continue throughout the entire lineup to try to make quality pitches and, and not get hurt um, all the way through. You know, even Riley hitting down in the eight hole, if you hang a slider, he's going to hit it out. You know, last year at the All-Star break, Scherzer was asked about facing Freddie, and he said he's my favorite guy I like to face. He goes, because he makes my game. He makes me be on top of my game because yep. he's so good. And he talked about the battles that they have and how Freddie's relentless and you got to make good pitches, and he fouls off even your best pitches. And Freddie was doing that again the other day. And, man, you talk about they were fouling off so many Scherzer yep. pitches the other day. And they ran his pitch count up. And finally, Davey made the mistake of leaving him in because he was over 100 pitches and left him in. And he gave up in a span of like four pitches, gave up two two-run homers when it was looked like he was done. He was clearly done. But he left him in. And Duvall hits that bomb off of him, to, off the batter's eye in center. Mm-hmm. Kept him in, gives up a single. A little bloop single to Riley, and then Ozzie Albies takes him deep. And finally, Davey's like, okay, it's 119 pitches. You're going to take him out now, finally? Yeah. Well, but, I think some managers don't want to – they don't want to take Scherzer no. out because he's pretty intense. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. it, when you're when you're hitting – or when you're pitching and, and you feel like you make your pitch, there's nothing more frustrating than the hitter just barely fouling it off. And Freddie's the king of it. Freddie will foul yeah. off anything. I faced him – I faced him two times and they were not fun at bats. I think, you know, one of them was like a six or seven pitch at bat, but I felt like I threw the pitch I wanted to that should get him out that gets 99% of lefties out, you know, a ground ball or, or a swing and a miss down and in. And he would just foul it off into the uh, third base dugout. You know, it just, it, yeah. just an awkward, goofy, weird yeah. swing. You know, he does them so much. Uh, and then the other at bat, I just got lucky. He battled, 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 and then I threw him a, a fastball middle in. He inside outed it to dead center. And with today's balls, it's probably a homer, but it was back yeah. in <laughs> 14, you know. But I knew he beat me in that at bat. And that's the thing, is it's, it's just mentally wearing. It wears yeah. you down to have to keep making quality pitches because there's so many hitters that once you throw that good fastball down away and hit the glove, you, they'll just roll over to shortstop for you. 
But not a lot of guys in this lineup do that. It's funny you said that because if you heard Cole Hamill's answer today when I asked him about Freddie, it's like identical to what you said. Cole, it's, I said, what do you remember about Freddie when he broke in, you know, because you were with Philly then when he broke in at 2010. Uh, and he hit his first home off Roy Holiday, by the way, during that September call-up. Uh, yep, I remember But that I asked one. him about what does he remember and how Freddie has developed. And he said, Freddie is the guy that's so frustrating to face because – He'll wear you out fouling off pitches, and it's the longest at bat. So then even if you get him out, you're so exhausted, the next guy comes up, and you make a mistake to him, and he hits a bomb on you. And he said, that's Freddie. You know, that's Freddie wearing you out. That's that's the thing is it, it's just, you know, it, it wears you down because you it's it's hard enough to execute pitches. Mm-hmm. And when you finally do it, and and most hitters, like I said, they'll just once you finally make your pitch and in the right spot, they'll just ground out to shortstop. Yeah. And when it go when it gets fouled off in the third base dugout, eventually you're going to make a mistake, and that's when he does his damage. But you know, like like Hamels was saying, even then, getting through that at bat with Freddie, seven, eight, nine pitches of of every pitch could could be a double in the gap, and when you make your pitch, it's still a foul ball, uh, and then you got to face Azuna. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to not make a mistake to him, and and that's what the I think. You know, that's, yeah, that's what I think. You know, the thing with this lineup is there's just no breaks. Yeah, th- I like this point. lineup the way they have it with Acuna, Freddie, and Azuna in the one through three holes. I like it. I know we got so used to Freddie in the three hole, the chipper hole, but with the with the DH, it makes sense to bat Freddie second when you've got, especially when you got Ozzy batting ninth. So in effect, you've got oh, two yeah. leadoff guys. You're just Instead skipping Ozzy's first at bat to start the game off is all you're doing. And, yeah. and then you have a full, you know, yeah. basically Freddie's in the three hole with Ozzy, but exactly. you're getting him an extra at bat and you're getting Ozuna in at bat in the first inning. Yeah. So the pitcher comes up there and he knows from pitch one, he's going to have to face Acuna, Freddie and Ozuna in the first inning. It's like, oh man, I better yeah. be on my game. Yep. And you find out real quick if you're not. So, you know, it's going to be interesting because we thought, you know, when you looked at the schedule initially, you thought, okay, the Braves got it easy down the stretch. You know, they're going to be Baltimore. And then they got, you know, the the Mets, but then they got four against the Miami at home the last week. Now those yeah. are going to be huge games because right now yeah. the, the Marlins are in second place, only two and a half back. So those are going to be big games next week probably, these four during that last uh, week at home. Yeah, well, I mean, you just uh, – I think in your head, you just think the, the Marlins are going to be mailing it in every year, especially when you get right. down to you get crunch time. It. And there's been so many – It's that's what we were saying, though. Before this before this season even started, we were saying every year, you know, if you look at the standing, the team like the Marlins is in first place in mid-May. Yeah. And and that's kind of what you're seeing. I don't know if, you know, if they could keep it up over 162. Yeah. But I know they can keep it up for 12 more games. So They got such good young pitching, man, and a good lineup. I – as much as I hate to say it, if the season ends right now, I'm uh, I'm giving manager of the year to Don Mattingly. I mean, they had the COVID thing where they were they were quarantined in a hotel on the road for like a week, didn't play. They've had all these double headers, and there they are. They're right there. They remember they had to bring in like 15 new guys on their roster. Yeah, but is is that you know? Do you get credit for for toughing out? <laughs> your guys messing up and everybody getting sick or is that off the man you know is that does that fall I, on the manager for not emphasizing well, enough in the first place i don't know i i don't <laughs> i don't know if we can if we can discern if that's them being idiots or him not having enough control over them keeping them in i don't know yeah. but i've i mean you I gotta break even the on job. that one he's, he's done with their personnel yeah. no in all seriousness yeah i mean he's i don't think anybody saw this team having a shot at even you know if they get hot they could win the division Right, and then and then Snit obviously has got to be your top three too because the, with the injuries they've had and the starting rotation woes they've had, I mean they literally they, once Freed got hurt, that was all six of the guys they went yeah. into spring training with thinking that would help. All six of them, not Ow. one was on the roster. The active yeah, I roster. I don't think he'll get the credit because the team's um, right offense is so good. But probably, I mean, stress level. Snitz probably had the highest with trying to manage with <laughs> without a starting rotation for yeah. a lot of the season. And I don't think he'll get credit night. for that. But yeah, night after night, going do I pull the guy now in second inning, third inning, turn it over to my bullpen because we got to win this game. We can't just let the guy wear it. You know, you can't do that yeah. many games when it's only sixty games long. Yeah, I mean, we talk about the stress for relievers having to get hot and and kind of do some warm-ups and, and mental gymnastics in the first or second inning when you don't have reliable starters. But yeah. I'm sure Snit would like to kick his feet up for five or six innings once in a while too. Yeah. So that uh, so that foursome we're talking about that they have now, 
that they should have. Snit said, yeah, they're going to get the majority of starts the rest of the ways, which is a good thing. Hopefully that's good enough with the numbers we have in the bullpen. If we've got to throw a bullpen game, we'll be able to do that now with, you know, four guys. Well, yeah, and that's what's, starts. that's what's great about, especially if there's those like extra couple roster spots, uh, like you said, maybe 28 in the playoffs is, is having a deep pen. I might, I think you break even because you're going to have to use starters that you weren't going to use, but having the deep pen, um, even with all those games piled together, you could cover a bullpen game a lot easier. Yeah. They still got nine of their 11 starters wins have still come from, from two guys from Freed and, and, and the rookie Ian Anderson, who's only made yeah. four starts. <laughs> two wins by starters in the other, in 48 games. <laughs> you'd never see this. <laughs> I mean, you just, you'd never see it, but 60 games, you know. So Hamels, you know, they off. called, they, they called his second injury. You know, he had the shoulder thing in spring training. Then in summer camp, he got triceps tendonitis, they called it. Well, he did an interview with, uh, with Kenny. I saw was, that. Yeah. And it was actually a bone bruise and the triceps tendonitis resulted from the bone bruise. But it's far worse. I mean, a bone bruise. He said if it's something that if he kept pitching with, it could have been one of those where, you know, it gets a fracture and he's out six, eight months. So, I mean, it was pretty severe. Yeah. And I also said the shoulder. At one point, he, could barely, he couldn't even lift his arm. Yeah, I mean, I, ne- I never questioned his toughness. Just watching the guy. I mean, he's, he's thrown so many innings and pitched deep in the postseason and stuff. You figured it was something serious. It, it was just unfortunate because the team needed him so bad. I mean, it's been tough waiting on him, watching the watching the struggles of the rotation. But a lot of times, you know, that's just one of the things. If, if a guy's got an elbow, it's just a tricep or bicep tendonitis because it's like the least alarming. But usually there's more going on there. Mm-hmm. Well, he's pitching 17 postseason games, has a 3.41 ERA, uh, and that includes three wins and a 1.82 ERA in five division series games. He's been there, done that, World Series, everything else. Yeah, I mean, that's what makes you feel good about it. And it's not easy waiting this whole time to get him. But really, like we've said pretty much all year, if you can get him ready for the postseason and he's big in the postseason, then I feel like it validates his contract just just doing that. Guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. Hi, I'm the Athletics Joe Posnanski uh, for Indochino. You know, finding clothes that fit you just right can be incredibly challenging, especially for somebody like me who has uh, a body type I would call um, dumpy. It's tough to find anything that fits right. You know, I'm not really a large. I'm not really an extra large. I'm not really a double extra large. I'm not really anything. So it's obviously, it's fantastic. You go to Indochino. They have you uh, go through this entire fitting process where you give them basically every single bit of information that you have about yourself, uh, you have every measurement you have, uh, who your favorite beetle is, uh, you know, what, what, uh, you believe about the infield fly rule. And, uh, and then you come out and, and they're, they're going to send you, uh, clothes that are, uh, that fit you really better than anything you could possibly get in the store. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, with Indochino, you get custom fitted suits, coats, casual wear, uh, at surprisingly affordable prices. Customize everything from the fabric and lining to the lapel shape and uh, monogram if you're a monogram kind of person. Uh, if you're getting married, Indochino is a no-brainer for you and your groomsmen. Forget about the off-the-rack suits that don't fit different body types. Indochino gives everyone a tailored fit. Visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America or book a virtual appointment and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now, you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter the code JOE at checkout. Look at that, JOE. It's for me. JOE at checkout. That's super easy to remember. You go to Indochino.com, and the promo code is JOE. Freddie, that homer last night was his 11th. He's got his RBI total, NL best RBI total up to 44. 44 in 48 games. And he's got uh, his OPS. Uh, what was it? I looked at it earlier today. It was ahead of Trouts. But, uh, I mean, he's he's legit MVP candidate. Obviously, Tatis is going to get so much attention, and we talked about war. But right now, I got to vote. I'm voting MVP. And Freddie's definitely in my top three. Right now, I'd probably put him second. Behind Tatis, 
But isn't that mainly because it, because I uh, guess we we got to talk about it war wise. But isn't that mainly because the position doesn't get he plays yeah. ridiculous defense at first base, but it's just not worth as much. Yeah, we're gonna ask Simon about that when when he's on later in the show uh, Friday show. The guy that invented DRS, we're gonna ask him about why doesn't first base get more. You know, and and that's not going to affect my the war. It's not going to affect my vote. I've watched Freddie. I know how important he is right. to his team. And I mean, right now, I, I don't even know that I'd give Tatis over Freddie. What Freddie's meant to this team. So, but it's uh, I, I, I'm definitely he's top two for me right now. I, I don't see anybody else being ahead of Freddie with what he's done this year. If this can maintain, if he maintains this, and if he ends up with the best. OPS in baseball and, you know, leading the league and, and, and RBIs. He's right. Leading the league in doubles. I got to consider it, man. That helped his hall of fame chances too, huh? A winning an MVP. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Even if it's in a short season, because you're going to look at yeah. that back of the thing. It's going to say MVP. Yeah. Um, And I asked Freddie, I said, do you think, do you think that you guys have enough with, the starters you have coming back with the bullpen you have and with this offense you have, do you think you have enough to do what you want to do, which is they've said, go to the world series, win a world series is what they say. Said, so you believe you, you got enough? He goes, I truly do. I truly believe we do. I believe in everybody that goes onto that mound. Obviously we'd all know the innings haven't been there at the beginning of games, but that can turn around in a heartbeat. And I believe it will. He said, we just had a couple of injuries, a couple of guys go down, so we're mixing and matching right now, but it's tough to cover that many innings all the time. It can wear on the bullpen, but I believe we've got a good group of guys that's going to turn this thing around, and we'll be hot going into the playoffs. So, Well, yeah, and then with the guys coming back, you know, I mean, yeah. as long as they're healthy, you guys feel good about, about it. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Um Hamels is uh he's excited, man. He once said he wants to he wanted to make sure he was healthy before he got back because he wants to be ready for the postseason because he said that's what they got me for ultimately, you know, to give him innings, but also to mainly to get in the postseason and help this team get there. He loves this team. He loves these young guys. He thinks these young pitchers are gonna be studs a long time. And he loves the talent on this team. So he's watched the offense. He said it's just been amazing. But and he's tried to tutor when he's been allowed to be there. But you know they've sent the starters home so many times if they're hurt, they're not. They don't let them stay at the game. So, but Josh Tomlin has been. I don't know if you saw that, but Josh Tomlin, both the rookies, both the young guys, uh, Anderson and Wright, both credited Josh Tomlin for like Anderson for just sitting with him during the games in the stands when they send the starters home. Instead, those guys stay there and they sit there and talk and watch the games and Tomlin tells them all about maneuvering through a lineup and they point stuff out during the games too. And then Wright told, said Tomlin was the guy that had him move all the way to the left side of the pitching rubber and told him why it could help his pitches hold the plate longer. And it's exactly what happened the other day when he did, he did it for the first time. Yeah. And you know, those, those, that advice means so much more when it's coming from a guy that's found a way to stick around the league for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if McCann told me that when I first came over to the Braves, you know, he I'd, I'd had this at bat with Matt Stairs where it was another day where I should have given up a homer, but the wind was howling in like 60 miles an hour from left center field. But I had this long at bat with him and I wound up um, throwing a pretty good slider. And he was just all over it, crushed it to left center without the wind blowing in. It's, it's a homer. Um, but BMAT came up to me the next day in the uh, in the outfield and this is just one of those differences about culture and, and, and being in a clubhouse where young guys are, you know, hanging out with veterans, you know, how important it is. Right. But he came over to me and he said, you know, if you move to the center of the rubber or a little bit to the right side of it, you're not going to have to throw your slider in the lefty swing path. You can throw it down and away and it'll never come through that window, especially if you did happen to hang it. But he was just the way he described the angles and his vision was so convincing. I mean, there was no yeah. doubt I was going to do it. And I moved, I moved just like four inches on the rubber. That was it, four inches, and I had one of my better wow. seasons of my career. Yeah, Go, coming from a twenty ERA with Seattle, wow. where I felt like I was throwing the ball all right. You know, it's just those little things, though. But I mean, that's what makes baseball so tough. And and the same thing with a guy like Tukey. You know, mm-hmm. if he found a way to hide the ball better, you look at his stuff. There's nothing that says he can't uh, he can't pitch in the big leagues and he can't be a really good starter. 
but it's those little adjustments and those little tips and those little things that veterans happen to see and, and they've gone through it too, you know, so they know what to look for. Yeah. Um, they could change your whole career. So it, it, for me, I, yeah, I know there's no value on it. We can ask Mark Simon about that too. But for me, it's a, it's a real game changer. Just having guys that really care about their teammates and, and will go out of their way to give you that type of advice. sounds like Tomlin's doing that. Definitely. All the time. Uh, just back to that September uh, offense, uh, just to be, to make it accurate. Freddie Freeman leads the majors in uh, OPS this month, 1372 ahead of Trout, 1324 for September. Uh, top three MR, uh, uh, lead the majors, top three RBI guys. The Braves have them. And then in OPS, Ozuna 1225 and Duvall 1224 are fourth and fifth in the majors. So they got three of the top five in the majors in OPS for September, as well as one through three in R- RBIs. And then the other was Ozzy. I mean, do you talk about a guy that obviously was playing hurt before he went on the uh, IL. Yeah, he's looked like a different person. Six games since he got back, he's hit 400, 10 for 25, double, two homers, five RBIs, three steals, 11-24 OPS, 680 slugging. Before he went on the IL, the bone bruise in his wrist, he had 159, three extra base hits, 196 OBP, and a 273 slugging. It shows you how high of a level baseball is being played at in the major leagues. You know, that if a guy's just got a little bit of wrist pain, he can yeah. go from, he could put up the numbers he's putting up now. But if he's just a little dinged up, you know, he could barely stay in the league. Yeah. Uh, that for me, that just always emphasizes the point of how hard the major leagues is and, and the level of baseball that's being played. You know, if, if a guy can just be a little banged up and be that bad just because of that small injury, it tells you just how good everybody is. Yeah. And lastly, did you see there was a panda sighting? No, I heard about it. Brave signed Pablo Sandoval. Yeah. <laughs> all 300 pounds of him or whatever he is. But I'm, you know I what? I was curious, you know, no, why. So but One of those no-risk things, and they yeah. needed, they wanted lefty bats. They wanted a lefty bat off the bench, a guy with, you know, that could put it in play, a guy with the, the bat-to-ball skills, not just a guy that's up there hacking like a Matt Adams, you know, swinging for the downs every time. You know, Sandoval, even even heavy and overweight as he is, he can back up at third and first base, and he and and for the postseason roster, yeah, might be a nice guy to bring in for a pinch hit. You know, late in the game. Let well, switch back. hitter too. I mean, you can match him up from both sides, but yeah, I mean, yeah. he's he looks like he's just up there hacking, but he always finds a way to put the bat on it. Yeah, he does. So, all right. Well, it's going to be interesting between now and uh, the next show on Friday. We're going to have. Well, return. We're gonna have Hamels coming off the thing tonight, Wednesday night at Baltimore, and then Friday we're gonna be looking ahead to Freed with an off day Thursday. So, and then things are really gonna get interesting. Last week, man, it's here. It, that we're almost entering the last week of the season. I know. <laughs> it, the year's almost over. That's a crazy thing. I feel like this year hasn't even happened. You look at it, we're halfway through September. But the postseason, though. Is going it's going to be, be fun. It is. So many games, man. That extra round and playing every day. It's not going to be like in a regular postseason where one series ends and you end up yeah. having like a couple of days where there's no baseball. This yeah, or one game a like, day or a travel day. Yeah. It's going to be It's going to be more like the NBA playoffs yeah, exactly. where it's just which games been, all day long. Which it's fun to watch great. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I've really liked that. NBA, you could turn on your TV anytime and see a game. I like that. Yeah. All right, well, we'll be back on Friday, and uh, we'll get to the bottom of this war <laughs> discrepancy with Simon. Yeah, let's grill him. All right, 755 is real. We're out. We're out.